Welcome back to the Extended Minds Podcast. Today, I got a special guest with me, and his name is Nico Morales. How are you doing today? I'm doing medium rare, sunny side up. Always great. Heck yeah. That sounds very good, actually. I haven't eaten breakfast, so you're already tempting me. That's true. I haven't either. <laughs> All right, we're fasted, right? Do you fast in the morning? or? Um, sometimes I get in my seasons and do them, and, uh, but, but not in this season. Uh, not right now. But okay. fasting from, um, you know, different different things, but not with food and water. Fasting from thought and all that kind of stuff. Exactly right. Let's uh let's get into some rapid fire questions real quick, so cool. we can uh, get to know a little bit of who you are. So, favorite song? A uh, great one. Um, I like uh, reggaeton. I like rap. Um, and but I don't know if I have a favorite favorite. But I like songs that are uh, pretty much uh, that build me up, and I use all the songs for it. Name, name at least one. Um, let's see here. It's a good question. I, ha- I haven't been listening to music in a while, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, frequency music. Binary reduced any of that? Maybe there's one that stands out to you. Uh, let's see here. Good question. Um, um ain't, ain't that funny? <laughs> I'm a, I'm already a di- different guy, huh? Yeah, already different. Built different already. Um, let's see here. Uh, it takes two to make a thing go right. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one right here. Most useful gym equipment. I like the um, pull-up bar um, for gym equipment. I like... Um, to play around with sticks, I can use that for gym equipment as well for balance training, and I like, um, like a uh, basketball or a medicine ball. Basketball, as in you play basketball, or do you do well, workouts with basketball? A, I have a, a homemade medicine ball that I made a long time ago with my father and I. It's like uh, forty pounds, and it's made out of a basket. It's a basketball that we pretty much cut open and filled oh. it with a lot of dirt and water. It's like concrete. And it's a uh, withstand the test of time. Oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, Favorite and punching movie. bag. I have a uh, four hundred or five hundred pound punching bags that are like six foot Muay Thai punching bags, and are full of like dirt and water, and they're uh, very impressive. And they're they're hanging on cable poles, like those big old round cable poles, and uh, metal re- metal not rebar, but metal actually uh, plates that go all the way through across to hold up these heavy bags. Yeah, so you're definitely punching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> definitely doing some damage with those kind of punching bags. Majorly, yeah. Do the the trees, rocks, stones, dirt, glass, um, ropes for a lot of the punching. Right. Favorite movie? Uh, I like the movie uh, The Illusionist. Um, also, uh, Inception. Uh, the, what was the other one called? Um, Apocalyptos. I don't know if you're familiar with those. Yep. A couple of them. Yeah. 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 I really like those. Favorite spiritual ability. Uh, that one is, I would say to, um, levitate or to heal. Do you have any nicknames? My brother calls me general, like general, general Nico. And my father calls me Nick and my name is Nico. What level of Super Saiyan are you right now? Um, I'm very humble. So uh, I would say uh, 
the lowest that they have. <laughs> uh, best places to travel. We love the Hawaii a lot, and um, we're excited to go to Italy, um, Greece, and my, my all-time favorite will most likely be uh, China. And then this is kind of an open-ended thing, but whatever comes to your head, Nico Morales is God's favorite child. Look at that. So <laughs> real quick, can you give a quick timeline? Right now you have a school of mystics. Or you, I mean, you do a lot of teachings on mystical stuff and you have your own website. You help teach people about mysticism, different spiritual abilities. Can you give us just a quick timeline of like how you even got to that point? Definitely. So I've been involved in the supernatural and the paranormal as an upbringing from my great grandparents all the way to my to where I am now. They've been involved in a lot of uh, uh, magic and voodoo, um, as what people would call it. And my parents were checking out the institutionalized uh, religious churches at the time and doing what they can. So and I also grew up on David Blaine um, and the magicians on TV. So I was inspired by them, grew up on Dragon Ball Z and anime. And it uh, came to being like that. So I did a few things when I was younger. My um, brothers and his friends would have like Uno cards and they'll have me guess what's in their hand and they'll keep freaking out uh, that I keep getting them right. Um, did same things with animals and and other such stories like that um, with uh, psychic abilities and testing and um, having the ghost hunter people come to our house and whatever I tell the ghost to do, they would do it. and then um, shied away from it, um, went into religion myself, and almost like a full circle, I sanctified myself. I took out what wasn't necessary, used what was, and I found out that all everything around the world, martial arts, religions, sports, they all are like grains on a bread. They all carry the essence of the truth, and there's essence behind them all, you know, into the oneness of everything. And I used this uh, in the streets when my grandmother passed away from lung cancer in 2013. I was like, man, where's uh, the healing at and, and how to make this happen? So I started researching um, metaphysically in the Bible instead of a uh, literal and also took it literal as well and did my whole entire room with stuff all over the wall with hieroglyphics um, and things I wanted to encode my environment with so it can encode my DNA. So pretty much I reprogrammed myself in that way and was doing a lot of fasting. I'll do two weeks, no food, no water, a year at a time, back and forth. And I would be uh, very hungry and, and, and in a lot of prayer, um, internal and external prayer. And it, it built up a lot of power in me um, and stood the test of time as well and, and proven a lot of results. That's awesome. I want to like go to and the reason why this interview is even set up, too, is because uh, one of your friends commented on my YouTube video. And he was, I think more specifically what he was saying in it was like, uh, you know, that you're more into like street healing and, you know, Todd White, all those kind of people, like, you know, you'd, he was assuming that I was like into that kind of stuff, which I was actually, I would go out to the streets a lot doing street healings. And, you know, there's a time in my life where I was just really motivated to do it. Like weekends for me, it was literally just going out and I'm, I'm actually like in LA right now, downtown LA. So this, I would actually come over here, you know, and just minister to people and stuff like that. Right. And then over time, though, it's like as I start to evolve as a person, you know, I move more into mysticism and things like that. And so 
do you still do street healing stuff or is it like are you more focused uh, now on going internally like what's what is your uh, right so back in the days like, I, i've never there's never no video of me telling anybody repent or you go to hell there's never no video of me saying accept jesus christ as your lord and savior or any of that stuff so i was always very unique from the start and what i was doing and um so up to this day, as you see in my videos, since I'm in the middle of nowhere right now, I'm ministering to animals and electrons in the air. Everyone's my friend. And the word ministering is uh, pretty much just being yourself, being a life-giving spirit, uh, expanding your love and being in harmony and oneness with everything, right? So, and not being a shy person in that sense, but, um, you know, shining your light in dark places. So if you look on my channel now, you see like remote healing a lot with over the cell phone or different things like that. A lot of people are receiving all kinds of healings when they'll call my phone. I always tell them themselves not to be dependent on me, but I want them to be charged up so they can know how to do the healing. So they wouldn't be in a situation where if I don't pick up my phone, most of the time I do, where they could become in independent and in their human, human potential abilities and to grow spiritually as well. So... How it looks now is um, if I'm going out in the streets, it, it looks different from what people usually see for ministering or evangelizing or any of that type of thing. I usually crack a few jokes, you know, um, hey, long time no see. And they're like, do I know you? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> right. And they don't. So um, I'll do some mind reading. I'll sparkle some gold dust on people's faces or their hands. Uh, I get them in that awe and that wonder and that joy. and um, then when I'm, when they're in that frequency, I'm able to do some mind reading, some words of knowledge, some, um, and able to touch their heart of what they're going through. Cause you can read on people's faces, their countenance on them, that they're coming out of darkness, that they have lust that they're going through or some type of addiction of thoughts that's really holding them down in patterns and cycles. So I love to help a brother or a sister, um, uh, come out of there and, and loving the neighbor. And it also uh, blesses us back as well. I believe that's, that's what life's about anyway. Um, no longer becoming strangers, acting like just COVID everywhere, but being fearless, boldness, making friends with everybody and anybody. And it brings a lot of joy and it brings this uh, cloud of glory of this happiness around me that is uh, indescribable and fun and it's contagious and we want to share it. So charging myself up all day long, running myself like an ecosystem uh, makes me want to go out and give good to people like a free candy store, you know? Yeah, and I saw like you were um, some people that I take inspiration by is like Pete Cabrera Jr. and uh, was it Tom 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 Fisher? Tom Loud, Tom Fisher, Tom Loud. Yeah, yeah, Tom Loud. There you go. I used to like watch those people too all the time, and they're very bold with their faith. Like, right. I remember this one video of Pete Cabrera where he was like, he he didn't even tell the person that he's gonna heal them. He didn't tell them anything. All he did was just <laughs> all he did was just stand there right next to him, and he just was like, check the pain. And exactly. then, exactly. you know, it was gone. So, like, have you done anything like that? Or, like, have you ever, t like, you know, tested your faith like that where you've done yeah. things a little bit, like, yep. like that? Done all those type of stuff. The shadow healings. Walked by with my shadow, put my hand out. I just did another one. I think it was, like, three days ago when I posted it yesterday. There's this guy who got, uh, he shot himself in his wrist uh, with a gun. And he called my phone up telling me about it. And I said, well, I'm not even going to pray for you or nothing because uh, I sense that you're already healed. Your faith calling me up that this this would happen. You're already healed. Um, do what you can't. Test it out. You know things like that. And uh, boom, what? And people freaking out. But all the time, sometimes I'm like, hey, how you doing? By the time I finish with this conversation, you're gonna be healed of this, that, and the third.
And I'll even start off like that with people or tell people to stand right here in a circle and they'll receive brand new arches on their body, um, blind eyes opening up without even prayer or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And does that come from being anointed? Like, is this something that when you're able to heal people, like, is this something that you got to take time to, you know, maybe charge yourself up for? Or is it like, you know, it's just automatic, like a gift? Uh, two ways on it would depend as an automatic gift would be uh, mirror neurons, as the church will call impartation. You see somebody do something and you step out in such confidence, uh, depending on the level of your awareness, your connection or your faith that you believe or know that this will happen. And another one is charging yourself up like um, Jesus says this kind comes out by praying and fasting. So he's saying that miracles are expensive and prayer is 24 seven and fasting is from the material realm, thoughts, material, doubt all that type of stuff. So whenever we're building up such a currency and we're charging ourselves up, um, we have enough faith is our heavenly currency for our physical blessing. So we can purchase these miracles for individuals or groups or for ourselves. I don't like to really use the power of real or the collective mind. I like to grow and mature myself to be an individual person, to be able to do this uh, type of things, to be very uh, dependent like that or independent. So Yep, charging up like a cell phone battery. When I speak to people and I ask them what's going on, there was a guy that I was speaking with. I want to share this with you. So his uh, girlfriend's in the hospital and the doctors already gave up on cancer uh, with her. And he sent, he sent me a picture and I called him up and I said, hey, I can tell you're eating right now. You shouldn't be feeding the flesh. You should be feeding the spirit. If the doctors gave up, what are you going to sustain yourself for to give her some type of medication or to be by her side and you know, massage her? Um, stand up right now. And he stands up and I said, when you stood up, or did you say uh, thank you or a gratitude without even speaking? No words. Uh, did you feel the gratitude and the presence and the connection and the love of God right now? And they're like, no. Right. I said, well, a break from prayer is a break from faith. A break from faith is a break from God. And a break from God is a slap from a Draco, from Satan, from the system, <laughs> from the matrix. You know, even as we're speaking now, as we brush our teeth, comb our hair, breathe, cough, etc. We don't know how much we need God in the little things how much we always need to stay charged 24 seven. So when the bid things come, we don't have a, a relationship say, Hey, uh, Hey God, or Hey source, or Hey, absolute. Can I borrow $150,000 or can I uh, um, do this type of ability? And we, if we don't have no relationship, no dialogue, um, you know, we'll probably end up forgetting the phone number <laughs> and forgetting what it feels like, you know? Yeah. And so like going into more of like, like the street healing and stuff, like I know that, at least for me, I hit a level, a point in it, which I felt like a lot of what I did was, I kind of like lost myself in it. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it became more of a workspace thing. And then it, it felt like I was just playing a character and I was being fake. And what I didn't really necessarily recognize at the time was that was an initiation into even a more deeper faith. And this is when I started getting into more of like, you know, fasting from my thoughts, Yeah, you know, because you can, you can right now, like, I mean, if you're into street healing, you can, something simple as you get a thought about somebody, you can have the choice to identify with that thought and be like, oh, like, you know, this person needs healing. I need to go heal them right now. Whatever thought process may occur in that moment, or you can choose to identify, disidentify from it and let go of it. And so I just, I just started practicing doing that with all my thoughts. That's right. And, you know, you go into this place where, of silence and it's a whole nother way of seeing things. And 
you do get words of knowledge and like different things from people, but it's like, I feel like you find a lot of space and more connection with God in that silence. And so mm -hmm. um, can you talk about your process kind of like being in that space and being in that mode of yep. just silence and you know, communion with God? Yes. So in the silence is where God is. And it's uh, like you see in the Bible, it's a small, still voice. And um, so when we're there and we're sensitive, we're able to pick up more information. Like you were saying, I'm able to pick up words of knowledge or readings on people because we become like a living sacrifice We've uh, of the material realm. We let that go. And, uh, and it gets the fire burning deeper inside because every image of every thought has a shadow and every shadow covers this light and we're not able to shine it like that. So uh, that's why there's really no big effects and big miracles are in the streets with people that have a lot of images in their mind and a lot of thoughts that they're not taking captive. Of course, we're aware that they're there, but when we pay attention, we're paying with our life force, uh, a swap for the eternal, for the temporary illusion. So we have uh, consciousness with the streams of thoughts serve us and we can use consciousness as a tool instead of it always bullying us as the accuser of the brethren <laughs> or the chatter in her head that tries to act like us. And it always tries to dominate us and bully us. And this was the purpose of doing metaphysical abilities to study consciousness, to have dominion over constant consciousness or harmonization with it because consciousness is streaming 60 thoughts per second, 60 frames per second, 60 thoughts per second. So it's like an, uh, a roaring lion seeking who shall devour. And we shouldn't take no rest either if consciousness is not taking no rest. And we should really commit ourselves to God and commit ourselves to devotion to go deep down within baptizo or to put on the new man is to um, sink deep down within to emerge ourselves. And when we do that, we get into the stillness, this silence to be still, to know that I am God. And we have the two becoming one, the spirit, a foot and a half above the head through the silver cord, um, merging with the soul, the bridegroom. And it is this um, angelic intimacy. Once again, the saints had to use religious words as in the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, but it was deeper than that. And they used English and consciousness, of course, material to break down what was indescribable. And this happens when, whenever we're putting our consciousness on a leash, and that's what we call a real baptism, the baptism in the water, when we're emerging ourselves in it like that. And we have this embrace we get to uh, have our consciousness on a leash instead of it bullying us around, you know? Yeah, like sometimes what happens to me too when I when things start to dissolve, I start to see through certain illusions is, you know, I don't have to force myself to be grateful. Like mm -hmm. it just automatically happens. Like I think people try to force, especially being in church, it's like you try to force yourself into an experience and it's like you try to force yourself into... Um, miracles. Getting in, yeah, miracles and you know, getting some kind of supernatural experience. Whereas if you literally just observe all your thoughts, you, it'll accumulate into you going oh, yeah. to spirit automatically. So you don't even have to try. The point is you don't have to try, but it's like pe people try to force you to try when, you know, it's yeah, not really it, authentic when you try to do that. It's not um, a your home and it's, it's a freedom, you know, and even consciousness will say, hey, you need to do your spiritual practice or your meditation and it shouldn't be like that at all. It's just be, just do, just live, be free you know yeah mm -hmm. so like when i go within for example and i'm deconstructing a lot of my thoughts you know or at least when i've gained steam in meditation right i'll yeah. start to see a thought come up and i've been in like altered states where i literally see the thought come up and see it right in front of me and then i'll just dissolve like that 
and then it'll continue to come, some will come up and just dissolve like that to thin air. And then, so th I feel like thoughts are kind of easy to deconstruct in that sense. Feelings or, I mean, emotions, the things you feel in your body, you know, when someone says something, you feel like something very deep. Those, at least for me, take a little bit of time to kind of like let go of and could take a couple of hours, could take a couple of days. I mean, don't really know. Yeah. But um, I kind of want to talk on this. Like, so sexuality is always there, though. Like, yeah. that's something that I think that is hard to talk about because it's like, mm -hmm. obviously, you can deconstruct thought. That's easy. Emotions, feelings, you know, that's uh, could take a couple of days, could take a hours could take a couple seconds but you know your sexuality you'll you'll always have it so like if you you know have any information on this like how how do you use your sexuality and you know as a spiritual person like how do you use your sexuality you know for more creativity or yeah you know things like that definitely so you've already heard, of course, teachings on the sacred secretion when they're using sexuality with it. And you've heard this many times, I'm sure, right? The sacred secretion. Yeah, those goes up and, your spine. Yep. So these are just uh, like it says, don't forget the benefits of Christ or that Christ oil, right? And these are the benefits that happen behind it. So um, we're going to get into this as well. So you have emotions, which, which, uh, go counterclockwise their chemical reaction their materials and there's only four emotions fear anger sorrow and euphoria the rest like anxiety depression everything else it's just a combination of those four and emotions are not good for a human they make your energy your aura go counterclockwise and a lot of people get confused between emotions and feelings as them being the same thing due to psychology in the 19th century they it was about the study of the soul they branched off into science and made separate trends out of it for business, you know? So uh, feelings is immaterial. And once again, it's the fruits of the spirit as in love, joy, gratitude, you know, shalom, peace, completeness, all that, et cetera, right? Um, so with sexuality, everything always has a, um, a, a two-dimensional perspective on things, you know, the polarity of stuff, of the way and the manner that we discern the Lord's body. <laughs> Many who fall weak, sick, and die for not discerning or, or the perspective that we have on things. So there's some uh, really great stuff. Um, there's a lot coming to me right now of where to even start. We can show our sexuality in uh, many different ways or affection with our partner. And um, let's say when we're dialogued up, let's say I'm sending a lot of love to the spiritual world. And a response I get is 100 times greater than what I sent. I receive unconditional love. I receive power. I receive um, joy inside. I can run this back like an ecosystem. And this is real sexuality first, right? The real marriage <laughs> first of deeply what's going on, this intimacy of uh, this is so intense. It's better than a human orgasm, of course, and better than peace the world brings. And so when we have this and we're walking with this and operating with this and we're living in the present and we're, we can uh, teach this or someone can learn this spontaneously as people have as well, even atheists, because there's really no brands or no titles. Everyone is in a moment to moment basis at times when we forget who we are in the present as we know this, but um, being uh, very intimate and very deep and, and loving with one another. It's uh, nothing wrong about it at all, of course, as we know, but I know what you're saying about when there's an addiction to sexuality, how to put that on a leash or how to control that. Is that more of the question? Yeah, we can say that because I, um, I think that being able to, if you have like a suppressed sexuality, I think also your creativity dims down too. That's true. I think mm -hmm. 
people don't notice how the yep. levels of repression that exists within them. Yeah. It's like, for example, like, you know, I've, you can get fibroids. Was it? You can get fibroids, you know, uh, on the uterus. Yeah. Yeah. Problems with the ovaries, right. For not uh, expressing your creativity. Yep. I'm like, I mean, I've been to churches too. Like, and it's, it's so off. Like, yeah, it's like it's so awkward. Like when the, you know, the guys and girls interact, cause it's like, mm. they're not really fully inside of themselves and confident yeah. and things like that. So like, it's just this weird vibe that exactly know, happens like that. So like, yeah, I mean, you're right. About it. Like how um, to like use your sexuality. Yeah. And a lot of it is uh, um, like in the churches or different places like that. Uh, whenever someone pushes each other back and they're trying to stop like sinning or whatever it is, they end up uh, going for it more and they end up tempted more. And it's like a porn house, uh, really, when they're having these events and <laughs> in these churches. And when you link up, um, they're on each other like dogs and stuff behind closed doors. But um, let me see here. So there's the law of cause and effect. And someone's like, hey, I met you at a party and uh, or they're at a church place or something. I believe God wants me to give it to you. And then they break up later. And there's another one for those that live in love. Uh, all things work in synchronization for those that live in God or or love, you know. So when we're living in the state, things will be in synchronization for us. And um, let's see what it looks like for me. It's a it, I have a, a healthy sex life. Um, people can measure it how they want to but it all depends on the person's uh, perspective of where the health boundary lies at. As long as uh, the addiction is not an over boundary where it takes precedence over your prayer life, it takes precedence, it distracts you in such a way where you lose your connection, where you start taking your cell phone battery off and you're no longer being charged um, in such a way, if that makes sense, where it's now over boundarying your consciousness and uh, it's an overbalance like that. You want okay. you want your uh, your primary and your secondary consciousness to be balanced. You want those uh, you want them on, uh, and you want to take precedence with your prayer life. You know what I'm saying? You want to be ascending, of course. You want the two to become one, and you want your consciousness to be balanced. What's a what's your take on like dreams? And I mean, first off, like, did you have any dreams last night? And like, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember? Yep. Yeah. Um. I have a. It's funny. A lot of my dreams are like I'm here in uh, real life at the house or I'm driving or going somewhere and getting things done. Um, a lot of, uh, a lot of levitation dreams I have, and I can feel like, a it's like a mag magnet magnetation or something moving in my soul. The way it feels like a surge, um, when this stuff happens. And usually when I wake up in the middle of, um, the morning, like two o'clock in the morning, I like to go outside and, um, and I like to pray out loud. Um, and, that's what I usually like to do when I have my dreams like that. It helps me remember them a lot more as well. I used to use a, a dream journal uh, before, and it always helped me remember my dreams when I wasn't having dreams. And then it got to the point now where whenever I wake up, I like to go outside and pray and take a walk, and I'm by myself. And then I go back to sleep, or I even lay down outside sometime, and um, I wake up again maybe an hour later, and then I um, and I walk and I pray, and then I come back. But the whole time I'm in inner dialogue and I like to do external dialogue by myself. I don't like to pray um, out loud in front of anybody. I do if someone wants me to pray for them. Um, that's fine. But not in my uh, my lifestyle. I like to do all that stuff by myself, walk by myself, um, that there. And that helps me with my dreams as well. Helps me remember them. It's like the real me that's running in the dream or that's levitating in the dream is the real me. And it takes a lot of interpretation for it. For an example, if you have a daydream and it's more, um, it's closer to the surface of your awake state 
the deeper you go into consciousness, into the waters, the more interpretation it takes. So if I have a daydream of someone's uh, couples in the kitchen and you see some um, eggs break on the floor and they're arguing, I said, okay, maybe a miscarriage happened so I can translate it like that. And uh, playing with it back and forth throughout the years, I can see how accurate I could become, which requires more interpretation and less interpretation. Uh, that's interesting. Before we go into like, because uh, I want to talk about dream interpretation as well. That's, that sounds really interesting. Go deep on that. But um, I mean, I, I used to get a lot of, <laughs> I, it's funny, I get dreams of levitation too. It's, it's, it's interesting, like what, I get different um, feels for it, if that makes sense. Like, you feel it in your dream in real, like real life, right? Yeah. But, but like, what I mean by that, like when I get different feels too, is like, Someday, like the state I'm in when I levitate is different on each occasion. Like, for example, like there was one where I was, uh, you know, at my house and I remember you could say like my root, my root chakra was like pretty open. And I, and I felt like there was like a jet, you know, like on the jet packs, like, you know, the fire's mm -hmm. coming out and stuff like that. Yeah. I felt like a bunch of just energy was shooting out from the bottom and I just started like flying and I was trying to control it. I was trying to control where my movement based off of my feeling. So if I felt like going in a certain direction, I'll get pulled in, you know, pulled towards that direction like that. Um, but usually when it comes to levitation and when I've experienced in dreams, it's literally all about controlling your feelings like that. Where like, mm -hmm. th th there's like times where I literally cannot control it. And I'm just like, <laughs> all over the place is bouncing out the walls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going through the walls and everything. Um, <laughs> yep. I've had those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, um, You're like paralyzed. When people learn it. When people learn levitation, like, I mean, at least from your take, like, what are some of the beginning steps in doing it? Like, right. Uh, beginning step is the subconscious mind doesn't take much persuasion uh, for levitation. And um, I first started, I have a lot of stories and everything with how it came from my family members and everything else. But um, of course, it's balance. And then there's another time where you'll feel there's many ways to levitate, so many ways. And people have done you know, a lot of it. But uh, my take is uh, remaining in that state of holding your attention there um, until it becomes natural or automatic, like the way blood flows in your veins. Then you just uh, balance it out. It becomes effortless, like a baby learning to crawl and then to walk. Okay. And then um, well, going back to dream interpretation, though, because I think when you mentioned like how, especially when, like, when you're daydreaming, you get a certain thought about like, was it someone walking on eggshells like yeah and you interpreting it like mm -hmm. what are some what are some other levels that you know you of interpretation that you've accessed through either daydream or you know dreams and stuff like that like definitely um so there's uh ones where you can't take you remember when you do the blindfold training and then when you ever take the blindfold off you can take it so far where you can um, literally feel it and then you can literally see it so there's this thing called the brain screen and it requires no interpretation it's literally literal and whatever you do in the brain screen it's like uh let me give you a great example if i go on purpose and i'm like um give me a vision right and i'm relaxing myself for it and then uh, and i wait for it and a vision will come to me and if i don't play everything out accordingly in my vision then it won't happen in real life and let me give you an example this will be a perfect one very organized for you and um, everyone's gonna love this let's say i want um angels to manifest at my meeting tomorrow so on that night when i go to bed i'm gonna imagine angels at the meeting with my imagination and then it gets very organized however i want it 
Uh, I'm not worrying about how it happens. I'm just, you know, um, acting the scene out however I want it in first person view. And then it goes into a vision after my imagination. So when the vision comes, it's like I'm the viewer of a movie theater and now it's happening automatically without my creation in the process. It like carried my creation to it. And then the next day it, it would feel like deja vu. And if I don't like there's a pillow here and I'm walking through and if I don't sit down and if I don't move that pillow here, then there's an amputee with a missing arm and his arm won't come all the way out for an example. Um, but if I do everything accordingly, what happened in the vision and I lined, and I lined up to it, because it would feel like deja vu, you'd be in a flow anyway, then that stuff would work. And uh, so the interpretation would be different from your imagination, of course, however you played out. And whenever you flow into a vision, it will be like the image and the likeness uh, that will follow behind it. So a lot of times consciousness won't sell you what you want to manifest, even if you use your spiritual senses and you assume that it that what you're feeling is true. <clears throat> if um, And that's how consciousness works as a bully. It uh, happened the first few times for people. Uh, whatever they're using up their currency like that for their first manifestations or and then later it'll become harder and more difficult for them because they need to press in more or they're running out of their money <laughs> their spiritual bank account money for the manifestation and they're spending more time on the material world than they are in dialogue building up that real currency um so uh, back to it with um interpretations as well as there's things with colors like i have a blue fire flame that floats around my house and some people say that's the holy holy spirit on the day of pentecost some people say that's archangel michael some people say it's an anomaly um of some sort <laughs> all kind of explanations for them but it's work it works how it works for you like when we do the blindfold and someone's like pink and it's really green and you did that 10 times in a row that's how it's interpreting for them and they can learn it like that or there's a book where you can write down um what everything means to you what does a duck look like or when you think of an owl what does it remind you of some people don't always see out. It's like an ink block test in a way. And I have a book like that as well, where I've wrote and seen things that come to me in certain ways, you know, because it's always different for every individual. And that's how they can interpret it. Some people like serpents to the Christians or demonic. Uh, a lot of the Christians, not all of them. And some that know, but some people can see it as a good thing. Some people see it as a bad thing. For the Chinese, the pig is good luck. Uh, for the Christians, it means unclean, you know, things like that. I saw like an in interview you actually did pretty recently you were talking about like remote sight or like inner sight and that's something that i find very interesting especially as a mystic training like uh my first time having like those kind of experiences like of being able to see like i would like being able to see with your eyes closed you know first off like how is that even possible for people like right. the fact that you can either see in another location uh you know with your eyes closed or see the room you're in with your eyes closed like how is that even possible right that's what that's how you were first like but now you know that it is <laughs> yeah like, I'm, I'm asking like towards you like yeah like yeah. how is it possible that you can see or you know is, is there any scientific a, explanation behind it or is it yeah here's a funny one that, I, that i've heard behind it as well if you say uh um like this here for an example so you uh watch say this out loud what this is like a bracelet a bracelet and then um and then say it in your head and then say who said that how do you hear that <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> and then if you close your eyes you can see it the bracelet still you know and it's like who saw that you know who is that in there <laughs> and it's funny to see it like that but uh on explanations behind them as well is that uh 
there's like a, you know, different dimensions and just like the spirit sits a foot and a half above your head. It's at the, the border of the sixth and the seventh dimension. Consciousness only runs up to the sixth dimension. So there's really no such thing as a blindfold, like matrix, there is no spoon, you know? Um, and once we, it's all through perception, right? And enhanced perception of it. And just like remote viewing and this thing called the brain screen as well, where you can literally, uh, I can take the bracelet, even if it's on my wrist. And uh, like I see it here and I grab it, it'll appear right in my hands, you know, that type of thing. Um, it, it is really neat. And I'm not sure the explanation and metaphysics behind the stuff of uh, seeing like that. Maybe maybe it's this year. Maybe the the pineal gland is looking. Um, you, you cut off your primary consciousness of your body and your physical senses. And you're connected directly to the system of secondary consciousness that carries all this information. Or... Um, you're the spiritual observer and you're seeing directly, you know, you're using the pineal gland as a mediator for secondary consciousness. Um, and it's that artificial intelligence system that primary is the one that stops evolving at the age of six and the secondary keeps on going, you know, and it, and it sends flashes of images and different things through it. So it's that informational field, of course. Um, but yeah, being the spiritual observer like that, um, that's where we can say lies at, right? Past the realm of science. Yeah, I remember, so like when I started going into meditation, because I didn't even know this stuff was possible, like being, being able to see with your eyes closed and, or, you know, remote viewing and things like that. But um, I even had dreams on it too. I, like one of the dreams that especially that would kind of like make sense of it is like, I remember I was in a room. And so just like how you mentioned the bracelet thing where you'd see the bracelet like that. Yeah. But I was in a room. I remember I closed my eyes and then the thought of the room came into my head and it came to me like as a seed. And so I was able to take my sense of perception and then focus on the thought. And then as soon as I focused on the thought with my eyes closed, it started to take over my vision. And then I started to see it, the room in a little bit different color. Like it started to like take over my entire vision. And I was able to see the room and feel the room and things like that. Yeah. But I had to stay concentrated on that seed of thought. And, you know, I started breaking my concentration, like a thought, another thought would pull me away. And just like I couldn't keep the focus. And eventually started breaking off. And so that's not only in dream. Like I've had meditation experiences where it's literally like, you know, I have certain thoughts and then it'll just like a flash and then it'll open up my eyes and, you know, I'll see like the, the room. I don't, yeah. And it's interesting, like try to describe how it works because it's like, you can definitely get, I think that you can definitely get thoughts and uh they're not necessarily accurate depictions of the room you're saying, like it may be a little bit different. Right. It's something that is new territory, I think, going into and moving forward. Like, I, th I think people can. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to look for people that know how to do this kind of stuff, because I think. Yeah. Know. Yep. Um, doing doing the training and knowing the essence behind it. Um, practice makes perfect. Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, keeping it keeping it going but i know what you're saying like pinpointing the accuracy behind it and and all the rest um i do it as well with uh one of my friends and i go to his house like we're on the phone and i said okay right now we're gonna do a little practice exercise and i said pick up anything in your whole entire room with your left hand you pick up in a rubik's cube it's a small one to your right is this and uh, under your bed is this and your drawers is that um and you know it's really neat and fun and you can get very accurate the more you feel that calm flow state where you just do it like here's one here where I was uh, 
um, told him, I said, hey, I'm going to look at anything in the whole entire world right now in real life. And I want you to uh, feel that you're confident and you can even hear me say, um, wow, you actually got it right. Hear it now. And I'm like, don't hesitate because before doubt comes, double minded, before doubt is hesitation. I'm going to just go for it now. So I'm, I'm looking at something now. Say it, say it. He said, you're looking at a tree. And it was a tree through the window over there. I'm like, yep, you're right. I took a picture of it and um, that as well. So when we're doing the blindfold, we also do, uh, you, you, uh, you just go for it. Boom, boom, boom. And then you can feel what it feels like to get it wrong. Even if we're starting off with colors and um, someone's like, um, orange. And I'm like, nope, blue. And they're like, oh, I knew it was blue. And a blue came to me first. And that's that thing that says deception or Satan's deception comes as an angel of light. And it distracted <laughs> the person the because the person hesitated and they weren't they didn't know that small still voice in the silence because it overrided it so quick and beta brainwave a day in heaven is a thousand years on the earth it's so much information flooding at once and consciousness is streaming so fast so water slows consciousness down by like double the, by half so it's like whenever you emerge into the waters and you go deeply into yourself you get more still and you get more silent when it's like a, when I do the blindfold with people, I say, relax, like you're having an NDE. Don't even care about the results or the goal anymore. Forget about it. And um, and the moment that they let go of that attachment that they had that they wanted to aim for is the moment it's right in front of their face and it's obvious and it's practical and it's easier. And a lot of times we're not used to living a surrender life of letting go, um, knowing that it's provided for whatever we ask. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh I want to go into a little bit of like Neville Goddard. I think yep. he has some interesting, he has very interesting stuff. But one thing I want to mention, I don't know if you know, if you've read this or looked at it, but it's like the 12 disciples. Yeah, I have. The 12 disciplines. Like, mm -hmm. could you go into that? Because I think that the way he described the 12 disciples and the deeper meaning behind, you know, their names and things like yeah. that was very, it's very powerful. And I think it's very essential for people who, you know, want to manifest things or, you know, want to become, that's right, you know, more dense of, more of a son of God. I think it's very important to know this kind of stuff. So, yep. So Neville God is it's a Southern Indian name, and it means God dwells in my body. And it's pretty cool that he had that name, right? Um. So with it is uh, the twelve disciples or the twelve disciplines or the twelve cranial nerves being disciplined. And the first disciple is Simon Peter. Simon means listening ear, and his job was to guard the house or the gate of the house and about what thoughts come in and then his name later changes to peter which is stone or immovable so his job was to become immovable in his conscious to only hear the good things of what he wanted to manifest and carry within and that's what jesus was doing when he was discipling him and he was a tough one because that the ear likes to hear gossip and drama and you see peter's life uh getting in trouble like that portraying jesus um uh, all those type of things and it wasn't really betrayal as well as we're going to go deeper into the neville stuff here so Whenever we start off disciplining ourselves first, um, we don't move by everything that we hear and all the gossip. If someone goes, or like Neville Goddard's story with his uh, teacher, he wanted to go to, um, what is it? Uh, it was a nylon, like, what was it? Bar uh, yep, bar Barbados. Barbados, there you go. <laughs> that was Barbados. Yeah. And, uh, his teacher told him, you're, you're already, you already went to uh, Barbados, you're in Barbados, and you went first class on a plane. And he slams the door on him. And then his uh, brother gives him a letter and says, uh, hey, you have a second class plane ticket to Barbados for Christmas to come see him. And Neville Goddard is excited telling his uh, his teacher. 
hey, I got second class. And he slammed the door. He said, I told you, you went first class. You're already in there. And when you go to bed tonight, you're sleeping in um, Barbados and you can see New York from a distance, you know, because they were in New York at the time. But he was telling him to assume the wish fulfilled and don't listen to these things, even listening with our eyes. And it's another disciple as well. Uh, speaking of Barbados, we have Bar, the disciple Barthunamis or something like that. And he's the imagination that needs to be governed. So I don't know him all by heart, but all the 12 disciples are about uh, these spiritual senses, eyes, taste, touch, feel to govern our physical reality like this and mm -hmm. to to hold it to the wish fulfilled. For an example, when someone um, has cancer, God forbid, you... Um, you can see them completely healed. First, you can put on yourself if you want to. You can put on yourself. What does it feel like for me to have cancer? What does it feel like for me to come out of it? And you go to the end. You hear the doctor saying, oh, my God. You hear the, the cancer bell being rung, that there's a cancer patient that survived. You hear it in your ears. You loop the scene. You heard it. You tasted the sweet victoriness of it. Or someone gave you a lemon at the same time. So lemons like alkaline and cancer can't survive in an uh, alkaline diet. Right? So... You can um, hear a scene where uh, Ezekiel comes up and gives a cancer patient um, a lemon. He says, when I give you this lemon, you'll be completely healed. And then um, you tell the person to imagine themselves biting on it. You hear the crunch. There's a Simon Peter being disciplined. And you hear and you taste and your mouth starts to salivate because the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between what's real and what's fake. So the body starts reacting to it. It starts acting into an alkaline um, type of way to process this. Uh, you see it, a lemon, you feel the texture in your hands, you smell what the lemon smells like, and you repeat. You can start off with two senses, but then you repeat the scene and you add on each sense. So it's not hard in the beginning doing it all at once. So uh, it says in righteous in Hebrews, righteousness is to exercise your spiritual senses so you can discern between what's functional and dysfunctional. And this is in Hebrews 5. And, and Paul says, I pray that we awaken to righteousness so we can start exercising and disciplining ourselves of what it's like to live this lifestyle instead of letting consciousness bully us around with every rumor thought and image that comes from the outside it's like trying to open up the inbox on your email but you're opening up spam folders paying attention investing in it getting viruses and people wondering why that person is manifesting going crazy having split personalities because they're opening up everything that doesn't belong to them and they're trying to hope hope no no it by taking responsibility for things that are not even theirs and just as neville goddard says the world is a reflection of you. There's no one here but you. And in the book of John, they found this to be the hardest saying, and many walked away. And he asked his disciples, are you going to walk away? And he said, no, you have the eternal word of truth. So living life like this, taking responsibility, understanding that consciousness comes from the outside, and everything's a reflection of us. Um, it's uh, So we have all these images and these illusions and everything. Um, coming to us. These are old baggage and old weights and old memories, but we're living in the present. So who are we? We are the I am, right? Everything's a reflection of the I am. So when we start uh, having the I was and the I wasn't, and that's where people start identifying themselves with, um, not recognizing the reflection and they're seeing the mirror darkly instead of, you know, clear in that aspect. So that's making sense as well. Yep. I said a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of information right there. I think also uh, one of the starting points also with like disciplining yourself is getting in touch with the name of God, which is I am, you know, that I am, which is literally just emptying yourself, you know, becoming nothing and void of all these, you know, identifi identifications and things like that. 
it's like being able to take your ability to focus on a certain thing. And instead of focusing on these images, you pull it all the way back to that I am. Mm -hmm. And then from there, that's where everything comes from. From there, that's where everything unfolds from. That's where like having an abundance mindset comes from. It's like literally, it's kind of counterintuitive. Like in order to be abundant, you have to have nothing. That's that's where you're able to receive everything that there is. And so, I mean, have you ever played with that though? Like, like being aware that you're aware, you know, that's kind of like what you do in lucid dreams, by the way, but you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I love to use them when, uh, doing aerokinesis, for example, and you feel the the present moment. You can also feel the prediction of the wind, um, when it comes in the amount that you want and it starts to read you, are you the, I am right now, (laughs) right? And it'll open up to us. But whenever we're not being the I am and we're being the I am not, and then the, that we have no access granted um, from the system there and everything's in separation still. Seeing like a uh, member Grandmaster Wolf saying, you see a pants, a shirt. Uh, he's like, no one says I see a pair of pants walking with a shirt um, with a, a head and hair on it. <laughs> no one starts separating and branding and titling everything. But when we're living in the I am, we're so ever present where we see the interconnection with it all. And, um, to the way the way to live like this but yeah yep practicing practicing this is uh even with my beads is um you know i am uh you could do your affirmations inside or say um where you said counterintuitive um take more of me take more of my egotistic nature which i think i am which i'm not and give me more of your holiness more of your purity and i feel it more of your righteousness or your joy and i feel it in my soul uh with my meditation all day just to start up it's like who am I and where am I? Am I in the flesh? Uh, am I the spirit or am I the flesh? Am I in the, you know, the flesh? Where am I? Who am I? <laughs> Simple. But so, to live like It is interesting the way you framed it, though. Like, you you kind of framed it as in, like, when you're doing aerokinesis, like, the wind will respond to that I am. Like, yeah. I mean, is that a thing where it's, like, you need to have certain access codes or, like, certain... So does it um, carry a certain vibration in order to unlock certain abilities like that? Like, Yeah, it is a thing. Um, it's like uh, uh, Grandmaster Wolf said this one as well. When there was a, a bucket, and you probably heard this one as well, when there's uh, people uh, start institutionalizing the bucket when it's a baby, like a child, a bucket of water, and they throw all yeah. the trash and the litter in there, and um, the bucket forgets, or the water forgets, you know, it's true potential that it's actually water instead of a trash can. And um, so the system will shut us out like that as well when we're egotistic and we're trying to control and rule and um, consciousness never lets us, wants it to figure it, figure it out anyway. But it is a thing um, vibrating at these codes or these numbers like cancer. I believe it was like 80 hertz is where cancer exists at. And, it, you know, what I'm saying like alkaline, acetic, those type of stuff. Um, those uh, the universal laws and principles, like if you do a spiritual practice for uh, 10% of your day, two and a half hours. It's a universal principle. Uh, they call it the tithe where you receive peace, wealth, prosperity, health, wholeness, and you're walking in this. If you give two and a half hours um, of your time of more devotion and those type of stuff. Yep. Like a, it's almost like a recipe. I need a t- t- teaspoon of sugar to make this, but I accidentally put 18 and I was trying to control this cake and I wanted it to be sugary, but it ended up becoming bitter. <laughs> that's a good analogy <laughs> yeah so like um how do how do like governments you know control people or like put those like what kind of things have you seen personally that governments mm-hmm. like put into you know children's heads or or school i mean it's kind of unconscious i kind of when i say government i feel like it's kind of vague though because like yeah. 
I don't want people to just think outright, like I'm saying the government is bad, but it's like, well, right. what have you seen like get put into people's heads? That's like, you know, on a right. societal level, like what have you seen? Um, a lot every day. Uh, a big one that everyone's familiar with is the, uh, the agenda, what they did and what they played on the news and the actors on the stage. Um, we had a, a friend that, uh, I forgot what it was, but something with Biden or something. And, um, uh, that we knew real good, real good guy of ours, and he was calling him out to fix his mask because uh, he was really playing a role of another guy, <laughs> and um, and it's just uh wild and crazy because um, not only that, I had another friend. There's there's a lot of them where we're talking about some big things though that's really going on of actors on the stage playing these these different characters and stuff. It's old stuff, of course, and a lot of people don't know about it, but it's important not to get caught up in the system of the media of getting our, you know, your emotions or your feelings involved because they want us to pay attention. So just seeing um, one of my favorite things to always notice is a lot of people claim um, the love of God or, or whatever path that they're on. And you see like uh, Christians are the most judgmental uh, people, not all of them, of course, but just a big a portion of it and how it's set up. Uh, translations, Bibles, schools, colleges, or here's one here, Christopher Columbus, they set up to be a good guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we see everybody fall for it. And then um, when you're, you hear somebody say, uh, go back to your country and don't say a racist name. And, and this isn't originally theirs. And <laughs> so things like that, that we see on a daily basis. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, people think that is a fluoride is great for you. You know? <laughs> yeah. We can how, go about, down um, mm -hmm. how about like a education wise, like, do you think like do you think that certain kids are like a cause I think everybody's different in the way they learn and the way that they take their education. So do you think the way that education is set up, you know, is it set up for everybody to win and everybody to no. succeed in their gifts? And if so, like well then why what what other avenues or charts can you go into? Or like That's right. what kind of options can you take? to help people grow their spirit and exactly. release their potential, God-given gifts and things like that. So uh, like when I'm looking at my, we homeschool our son and we're looking at his math, they're, they're, uh, they're making it a lot more difficult and different ways that we never even seen before. So it's like, we got to relearn what they're doing. And then when we see the outcome of the whole thing, it's like, whoa, this makes the whole process. It makes them think more um, instead of think less. And it makes it more analytical, more logical, and they're operating that side of the brain a lot more. And it makes the student uh, less creative because they're already giving them a program, micromanaging them to do it this way instead of letting the kid express it how they want to. And with it is uh, I give my son extracurriculum homework, which would be like Robert Grant's uh, math, math stuff, the Fawanashi, the flower of life, to learn it over and over again, even though if it seems difficult for the beginning because he's been in school that long, then for him to teach it to other kids, in a simple and a practical way um, to build what we're building here. Um, this uh, kingdom society, the spiritual society where kids can teach kids and then kids will be doing all the things that we've seen all the greats do here. Like uh, you see a six year old ra raising dead people back from the graveyard of family members that people miss so dearly that died in such a horrific way. And they come back in divine health and wholeness. And um, the kid is very nonchalant about it. And um, and there's a, nothing but adults going there now, um, getting uh, proper education or whatever it is. There's someone that's in a wheelchair and her tongue's hanging out of their mouth and her hands are crippled. And um, 
you see children doing this stuff and they're teaching this stuff and they're teaching metaphysical abilities. They're teaching a uh, real spirituality of the marriage of the spirit and the soul, um, how to hold attention longer because the attention span from 2012 was like at 18 seconds. Now it's at 3.4. So we're not paying attention deeply within anymore. And the kids can really teach us once we set up some type of foundational things of what we know what's right to uh, to make it work. So we always go the opposite opposite end of the government. <laughs> They're always going counter. We're always going clock. So we we go against the grain. It's always uh very difficult when we're going against the counterclockwise rotation because it sucks us in like a vortex and it can really swindle our 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 faith and um you know really leave us in such a predicament or a spot where we can see who's with us or who's against us when we're rolling in this direction. Yeah, so you have a school of mystics and uh, can you go into a little bit about, you know, how you go against the grain with that and like, because I think moving forward, that's going to be a very important and I can definitely see a lot of these yeah. schools starting to be more popular now. Um, that's right. Especially with, I mean, I, I feel like mysticism and also the rise of technology too. Those are gonna be that's gonna be uh, yeah. definitely some things that need to be resolved within people. Like how much of the human brain can really uh, how much the mind can do. Like for example, like obviously texting, you're sending a message through, mm -hmm. you know, through, through the technology. But you know, with your mind, you can practice you know telepathy. So it's kind of like being able to develop. Like what's gonna be more important in the future? Like us developing our spirit and our minds, or know the technology and what we give our power to so like can you talk mm -hmm. about like you know your school and like different things that you're doing and helping people develop and all that kind of stuff that's right it's like elon musk is saying whoever builds the best artificial intelligence wins right and, and what you're doing out here with the field and the system information and uh we use a lot of those technologies as well with the school um it, it helps speed things up so we can get things done but it's about uh you know developing and working on yourself which a lot of people are uh, forgetting and are getting caught up with uh the new, which is actually the old, they did this during the time of Atlantis as well. <laughs> and they started and they started ruling people over with it. But I was just talking with my friend and he found a, a really cool watch device that um, like we have all kind of cool masks and different things that we're doing for people to express themselves in any, any way that they want to for their meditations, for their exercises, for their abilities. But the cool part is, is that we have our, our son um, getting ready to become a teacher as well. And it's like he gets online, he takes the courses. What is extra sensory perception? And he's getting graded in homework to see if he pays attention. We have interactivity where you're watching something, maybe the first 30 seconds, and it tells you to click one of these four as the video goes on and continues the whole time. So it's like you're constantly being um, tested and you're engaged the whole time. So there's rewards when your um, score goes up, certificates, and a lot of benefits behind it as well. And the overseers, we get to uh, measure and see where the students are at the same time. So the student could think, um, man, I better pay attention. So I'm not judged. <laughs> no, I'm joking. There's no condemnation, but it's funny, but, um, it helps, uh, children are not educating, educated in this material at this day and age now, except, uh, maybe a lot of the Shaolin monks that are going deep, you know, it depends where and who, but in America and, um, having this in different languages and, um, we love for our son as well to uh, express himself freely and for to represent, let the light shine and, um, you know, those type of areas. But this is where it's going. This is where it's headed. And um, it's all um, being dreamed about and 
come into reality. It's a dream that I had for a long, long time. And a lot of people that I spoke to, a lot of people have been in agreement of this is something they've seen as well, something they would love to partner with and uh, build it as custom and as unique as it gets for organic primordial knowledge. Um, instead of just saying, hey, I live by love, without the knowledge, the person would be a doormat and um, killed off quickly. You know, it's like a kid that jumps on a fence and the neighbors uh, doesn't want anybody in his fence and he kills people for it. And, but if the kid is used living by instincts, he's going to hop on a fence and do that kind of stuff. But, you know, th those type of analogies there. Uh, the primordial knowledge is very important. And uh, for a child to have this as they're growing up, they'll be able to have their head on their shoulders um, a lot more than you and I have as Siamese twins. <laughs> yeah, definitely Siamese twins. <laughs> um, yeah. So my final question here is going to be, or two final questions is any last advice that you would give people and where can people find you? Definitely. My advice always to them is to uh, keep the fire burning because without it, you'd be depressed um, without having that light shine. So I'll give someone a simple exercise here is uh, you know what it feels like to laugh and, mm -hmm. and send it to the soul right here <clears throat> and um, just feel it deeply. It may take a few seconds to look for it or even um, what it feels like to love there and, and grow like your lotus flower right here and see a seed and then the sprout will come the more you send it love. And when you get angry, you weather that plant and you destroy it after all you accumulated and work for, but keep building a currency of love, joy on a, on a moment to moment basis, 24 seven. Um, never take a break from God. It's uh, amazing to involve in the little things and have that dialogue going back and forth. It's a, uh, it, it's like, it's eternal life, you know, and there's nothing more beautiful as people will see and experience. Some people say, where's the unconditional love? Most of the time we have human love, but when we get a response and it sends back, um, you have unconditional love and then you can send it back like an ecosystem and it is real and indescribable. Um, and most of the people, who do we know that's spending two and a half hours a day <clears throat> in dialogue with God, 10% of the day is giving a tithe that would actually have this fruit come upon their life. Nobody really, right? Even if we did five times, 30 minutes, which is good, five times a day for 30 minutes, which would be two and a half hours. Um, I was doing the math there, making sure. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so with that, even doing that there, you're only spending maybe 12 seconds in the spiritual world, if you think about it, because even in these practices, uh, at times, images come and different things that we pay attention to. Yeah, we're aware of them, like we said before, but a lot of times we do pay attention to them. Out of the two and a half hours, we're not sending 100% attention, you know, our attention's going, things we heard, a crack in the house, um, you know, <laughs> different things, uh, gas rumbling in the body, or that uh, that cough Ezekiel was doing earlier when I was speaking. <laughs> yeah. But that's why I love to leave with somebody is uh, always keep the fire burning and uh, build up your currency currency and nothing's impossible this is uh the way that i live and i love it a lot it's a very simple practice you know as i'm as i'm walking to and fro you know um and gratitude thank you thank you thank you thank you you know um but without saying words i'm, I'm feeling it deeply but they can start off with that if they need to you know cool and where can people find you they can uh find on the school of mystics under all names youtube website everything else and they can also find me find me deeply in their soul residing there with them <laughs> yeah, just say nico morales three times and he'll, he'll show that's up. right 
Not Beetlejuice, but Nico. Yeah, not Beetlejuice. <laughs> Knocking on Heaven's door. Yeah, this, <laughs> the door. Yep. That's funny. Wait, did you have like a door tattoo right there? Did you probably have a door tattoo. Imagine you got a door tattoo <laughs> no, right there. No, but I, uh, a punching bag um, tattooed over there. <laughs> oh, okay. Like, what is that? Yeah. What's on the punching bag? Or is that just like it, how it? Concrete and rebar. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, Nico, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you, you well, coming man. on, man. This is lovely talking to you. You too, you too. Bless you guys. Always.